good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Well, hello, Mr. Hayes. <laughs> Lil Barron. Good to see you today. Hey, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what I thought we would do today? Oh, good. The same thing that we've been doing for the last several weeks. I, <laughs> I should I have known. We might as well just keep that ball rolling. That's for, right. For the past several weeks, those who have uh, tuned in, you know that we've been highlighting at least one of our amazing sports. Mm-hmm. And today will be no exception. I wanted to talk today about pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah. Okay. That's what a great sport. It is. You a played pickleball. I have. Before. Yeah. It is well, a fun I attempted. sport. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. That's the way it is for most of us when we try something. New. Right. But here's the thing I love about pickleball. I'm just going to say it right up front. I've said it before, but it is so true. The great thing about pickleball is its accessibility. Right. If you have just, just marginal coordination, you can walk onto a pickleball court and you can play the game. That is not true of every sport. Well, <laughs> marginal coordination. Right. No, no, I was going to say, you know, I was gonna say uh, just kidding. You're, you're a great pickleball oh, player. No. One of the great ones. <laughs> but the, th- the reality is, is that you can't walk onto a tennis court no. and play tennis. Mm-mm. You cannot. And I think you can attest to this. You cannot walk onto a golf course and just play golf, right? No. Now, those are specialized skills. They take yeah. time to practice and develop. Once you've practiced and developed them, great sports. Right. They're tons of fun. But pickleball, it, it's it's a sport that, it's the kind of sport you can just go and have fun on your very first day. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about it. Yeah. That being said, the more you play, the better you get. Right. And, and like every sport, pickleball has really evolved into a highly competitive event. According to USA Pickleball, which is the governing body of the sport. Pickleball was invented in 1965. Did you know that? No. Yeah, it's been around for a while. It was invented on Bainbridge Island, which is just a short ferry ride from Seattle, Washington. And that's where three dads... Really? Oh, the greatest inventions always come from three dads, <laughs> <That's> right? right. <laughs> <laughs> three dads, Joel Pritchard, Bill Bell, and Barney McCollum, whose kids were bored with their usual summertime activities. They're the ones who are credited with creating the game. Pickleball, as I said, has evolved from its original handmade equipment and simple rules really into this popular sport that's throughout the United States and Canada. The game is growing internationally. Oh, yeah. A lot of players in European countries and Asian countries are building courts as well. The growth really has exploded, especially I would say over the past 15 or 20 mm-hmm. years. And I will, Lil, this might sound pretentious. I don't mean it to be, but I will humbly submit that the Huntsman World Senior Games has been a, a significant part of that growth. I agree. The games added pickleball in 2003 and it was a fairly unknown sport yeah. at the time. Not a lot of people knew about it. But Don Odell, who we affectionately call the godfather of pickleball <laughs> here at the games, he approached the staff at the time. He also at the same time convinced Sun River, which is the community where he lived, right. to build a few courts. And the rest, as they say, is history. It's history, right? <laughs> so we added pickleball in 2003. This year, we have registered nearly 1,100 athletes wow. to play. 1,092 to wow. be precise. We offer four different events within the sport. 
Uh, we have age doubles, which is where partners of the same gender play against opponents who are in that same age group. Mm-hmm. Skill level is a secondary consideration, but but still oftentimes ends up being a consideration. Right. Skill doubles, which is where partners of the same gender play against opponents who are in the same skill level, and the age is a secondary yeah. consideration. We also offer one of our most popular ones actually is the mixed doubles, and that is where a partnership of one man and one woman play against opponents who are in the same age group and then skill level again is a consideration but a secondary consideration and then finally our singles event is where the opponents are in the same age group and skill is a secondary consideration Hmm. so lots of options to play pickleball at the world senior games we still play on those original courts in sun river Mm -hmm. and since then we have also added an amazing pickleball complex called the little valley pickleball complex we combined together with sun river we have 38 courts and just a ton of fun yes it really is. It's yeah. one one of our just, I mean, all of our events are great. Pickleball is one of the great yeah. ones. Uh, we just have a ton it's of fun It's one of the that. ones that fill up fast. I was right? going to say, unfortunately, yeah. registration is closed yeah. for pickleball. We've actually reached our participation cap, but you can still find rules and schedules if you'd like to watch or just learn more about the event yeah. at seniorgames.net. Yep. Today's guest... Lil, yeah, Stan Ford spent much of his life playing a variety of different sports, either competing or teaching them. Uh, He got into cycling a bit in his mid-40s, but at age 55, he decided he was going to buy a new bike and really go for it. He was rewarded with a California State Championship that year. When he turned 60, he set his goals on the national and international levels. He currently has two bronze medals at the UCI World Masters Championships, as well as four national championships in USA Cycling Disciplines. Stan, welcome welcome to the show. Oh, nice to be here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to visiting with you. Uh, uh, we're going to get into the sports that you've done, and we're going to definitely spend some time talking about cycling. Before we do, though, I'm curious if you have played or know anything about the sport of pickleball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of my best friends, in fact, a uh, guy that I coach football with at the high school level forever before we retired, and uh, very good friend, longtime uh, surfing buddy, and avid golfer, loves pickleball. Really? Oh. Yeah, he, he doesn't play pickleball, and uh, he retired before his wife, and then his wife retired, and she uh, struggled, and it took away from his golf time and his <laughs> time, and she discovered pickleball. Okay. So he is one of the greatest uh, pickleball fans in the whole world, because now <laughs> she's off playing pickleball, and He's off playing golf. Or- and he's playing golf. <laughs> Sounds he like a match. Oh, works a match. So, so if you ask him, there's nothing better than pickleball. <laughs> a match made in heaven. It, it sounds like he's playing pickleball and he's playing golf. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Well, it is it is a fun sport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a big deal around here at the games. We we love it. The yeah. the uh, the athletes are wonderful and just, just a ton of fun. It is a really fun sport. Well, so he's I'm, very glad, high I'm glad you've at least heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in, in uh, my intro, as I introduced you, I, I alluded to the fact that you've played a wide variety of sports uh, throughout your life. Um, when you first got into sports as a kid, what, what were the things that caught your imagination, the sports that really spoke to you? Yeah, I uh, yeah, lucky I, I grew up across the street from an elementary school playground. So I could look out the door and, hey, there's a baseball going or, you know, basketball or know pick up football game and i run over there and get play the them all <laughs> yeah, and so i just really always gravitated to uh 
some type of activity and competition. Always enjoyed that. Awesome. Now, it sounds like you enjoyed it a little late and so on. Yeah. It sounds like you enjoyed it so much that uh, you kind of wanted to stay in it. Uh, you spent some time as a PE teacher. Is that correct? No, not some time. My whole, whole career. <laughs> Your whole no, career. I, uh, I, I uh, knew uh, right on, you know, right along that, um, uh, you know, I, I had a love for sport and athletics and um, wanted to keep participating. And so I um, set a goal of uh, becoming a teacher and uh, high school coach and, and uh Got going on that right away. Got hired right out of college and stuck with it. That's awesome. Wow, nice. That's uh, that's that's a ton of fun. I, I feel like most of the PE teachers and coaches that I know feel the same way. You know, they wanted to stay into sports and they they found a way to to make it a profession. Right. We can't all be NBA basketball players or you know on the uh, PGA golf or playing tennis at Wimbledon. Right. That's that's uh, not going to be available to all of us. But uh, people who are you know committed to to stay into sports find a way to make it happen and and teaching kids how to enjoy themselves and and enjoy the sport and, and the rules and, and the uh, camaraderie that comes with that and live an active, healthy lifestyle is a great way to go. So congratulations yeah. on a wonderful career there. Yeah. It was a type of thing where um, you know, I, quite frankly, believe passionately in the, uh, the educational value of athletic participation. Yeah. And we've had so many, you know, kids uh, come through and now I bump into them in the community and they're in their forties with their own families and, Oh, coach, man, it's been, it was a great experience. <laughs> I learned so much, you know, so I, I really, I know that it, it, it's a valuable part of our education system. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I felt good about our, our career. Well, we want to talk a little bit with you about cycling. It, it sounds like um, that's kind of an area where you have specialized and had a tremendous amount of success. Uh, you got into it a little bit later um, as, as far as a competitive event goes. What, what brought you into cycling? You're in your mid forties and you're like, here's a new sport or here's something I'm interested in. Like, how did you. Right. Get right. Yeah. It was, um, you know, obviously, you know, just part of my personality. I, I enjoyed, you know, activities and a lifelong surfer and uh, you know coaching football at a, you know southern california high school football highly competitive yeah. uh, level i was the uh, athletic director and very involved in all of that and uh, was kind of a jogger you know just interested in staying fit you know yeah ran a weekend 5k once in a while yeah, right exactly and um so uh, when mountain bikes first kind of came on the scene, uh, my wife said, well, I'd really like to have one of those bikes. And so Christmas time, I bought her a bike, no intention of riding myself. And, right. Uh, one thing led to another and uh, she wasn't riding much. And I said, hey, can I try your bike? And <laughs> right away, I kind of liked it. And I said something about, you know, how come you're not riding that more? And it's fun. Everybody to ride with and. Right on back down to the bike shop and way way we went, you know. And then uh, I had a very very slow um, progression. Uh, of course, at, at the beginning, the equipment was pretty um, not nowhere near as sophisticated as it is now. Right, right. But I, you know, hooked up with a bike shop, went to their skills classes, and went with their group rides, dead last, and tried to hung, hang on. <laughs> finally. Uh, uh, the owner of the shop said something about, Hey, why don't you try a race? And I go, you're crazy. And, and oh, I'll give it a try. And 
uh, I was, I think, 46. The oldest age group was 35. Right. They were so like you, the ancient guys. You so know? you were in the 35 plus division. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, I, I jumped in and raced and got a flat tire and had to run my bike across the finish line. But I was hooked. It was like, okay, this is something I can do. And I think the thing that, that makes it interesting for me is um, as a, a young athlete, you know, I was uh, I played high school and college football and was involved in track and field, but ran the sprints. Yeah. Definitely not um, genetically an aerobic type athlete. Right. And uh, <laughs> so if I was just to go out and compete in, um, you know, true cycling, you know, like the road races, um, I would have a, a hard time being successful. <laughs> but with up, mountain right? biking, um, there's a lot of skill involved. Yeah. And um, so I was able to compensate for my non-genetic aerobic abilities <laughs> uh, with being pretty skilled as a bike rider just because I've been at it for so long. And really surprised myself because I was just, you know, if I could just, you know, not get beat by, you know, half an hour, it'd be great. Gradually, right. a little closer and a little closer and a little more equipped, uh, be, um, more competitive, and then got better equipment and, and you know, more knowledge. And yeah. Started working at it pretty hard and progressed and had some success. Awesome. So you, you never really got into road cycling, you just stuck with the mountain biking. Yeah, that's correct. I have a road bike and I do use it some for training. Um, there are some things you can do, especially the long aerobic um, endurance that you need to develop. It's hard to do on the mountain bike because of the terrain. Yeah. Because you're either working real hard to go up or you're coasting on the downhill. Sure. And uh, whereas on the road bike, you can go out for two, three hours and just pedal the whole time. Yeah. That builds that base endurance that you need. But, um, uh, no, I've never done a road race. I've always been a mountain bike racer. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love it. So you have a friend. He he says, uh, give the competition a try, and you kind of jumped into it. And then yeah. I, I love I love a couple of things that you said that I think are worth emphasizing and pointing out. One is that you you went to the bike shop and you actually took one of their skills courses. So that's you exactly the, what I did. You learned the right way to do it, which I think yeah. is. Um, um, not all of us do that. <laughs> we, we, we start out doing it the wrong way and then we just keep doing it the wrong way. So I, I appreciate that uh, from a, an educational standpoint and uh, you jumped into it and figured out how to do it. When you turned, uh, you had a significant birthday at 55 and you kind of said to yourself, hey, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm winning some competitions. I'm having some fun, but I think there's more in me, right? Right. Well, what, what was happening is uh, in mountain biking um, and with the USA cycling uh, levels, and you were talking about pickleball, the, the skill level. Right, right. Yeah. And so uh, it's based on age groups and typically uh, they're anywhere from uh, in big races. Uh, it's five year increments. And in the more re- uh, local regionals, it might be 10, 10 year increments, you know, yeah. but um, they also have, um, categories so cat three is kind of your entry level beginner type cyclist and then cat two is is pretty competitive pretty competitive yeah Yeah, it's it's people that that do more than just show up and hope to get around the course you know yeah yeah and then cat one it would be the elite level your high level and uh so um i had been working my way up and you know started in the cat three and i've been in the cat twos forever never want to race or whatever but I noticed that I was starting to get close 
uh, I was in uh, at the time the you know um, uh, being I guess it'd be uh, forty five to fifty five or you know that age yeah. group. And I noticed that I wasn't that far behind the top fifty five year olds. You start creeping mm-hmm. up on them, right? Yeah, and I thought that's when I I kind of got a little bit more serious and um, got my first really competitive bike and um, started really putting four hours in on on the cycling and and so when i was 55 i won my first significant championship the california state championship so that is that is progressing and setting higher goals yeah i know uh cycling is is like you know most sports equipment can make a difference and you kind of it's kind of a commitment by the time you 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 say okay I'm I am committed I'm going to do right. this there there's an investment there, yeah. um, but there's you know just so much that you can do with the right equipment right yeah the the, the there's kind of a uh, a level of equipment that um, is necessary to compete at the elite level uh, uh, you can you know go beyond that and spend money to spend money but right. there, there is definitely a financial commitment to get a competitive bike but yeah. once you're at that level um uh it's it's sweat equity <laughs> you gotta you gotta train <laughs> practice and and uh you know uh work hard at it so so that's the next question i wanted to visit with you about for a couple of minutes and that is what what does your training regimen look like do you do you set a goal for a certain number of miles uh are you looking for time are you making sure you're getting up hills down hills like what what do you do to make sure that you're in peak physical condition right and th- i think of, of interest it is that um, as a self-coach athlete, I've really progressed over the years. And, and it yeah. kind of started out just what you said. I started out, and, oh, you know, I, I rode five miles, you know, without stopping. And, <laughs> you know, progressed from there. And then I transitioned into more um, when the heart rate monitors came out, you know, and got into heart rate and, and, um, and um, time. So time at a certain heart rate came kind of a metric that I used. And then power meters came on the market. And they were horribly expensive and no one knew how to use them. And I kind of ignored it. But eventually I got a power meter and I've done a lot of study and reading and so on. And so they're all for the, un- for, the, for the uninitiated, tell us uh, what is a power meter? Sure. I, I think the biggest difference is uh, between power meter and heart rate. I think pe- most people are familiar with heart rate. The harder you work, the you feel your heart beating. The you know, harder your heart beats, right? <laughs> but the heart rate is really just the uh, body's reaction to work. And there's a lot of factors such as, um, you know, it could be hot or cold or you didn't eat or you didn't sleep. And yeah. your heart um, reflects all of those things, not just the work you're doing on the bike. Whereas with the power meter, you get a wattage uh, a readout, which is basically just a metric of work. And so if you're doing 100 watts, that's at, that's what the, the wheel is doing, you know. Yeah. And the wheel doesn't care. If you're tired, if it's hot, if it's cold, 100 <laughs> watts is 100 watts. Yeah. So it's, it's a more consistent way of training. And then all of that, whether you use heart rate or uh, power, is zone work. So you have different um, energy systems in terms of how you produce energy anaerobically and aerobically. And these uh, aren't just like a switch. They, they, um, they go together. So yeah. you may be working in an endurance event. 
primarily aerobically, but you're still, especially in mountain biking, for those little rocks you got to get over or logs right. or bumps <laughs> or whatever, that's almost like a, a sprinter. You know, you have to really push hard on the pedals. That requires anaerobic energy. So my training is based pretty much on zone work, so much percent in anaerobic zones and so much percent in aerobic zones. And There's a science to out. Wow. And then the trick is to try and be rested and in shape for the event. So you can, <laughs> you're, if you're overtrained, you're, you know, you're going to be too tired for the yeah. event. And if you are too rested, you're not going to. It's not going to work either. You <laughs> got to find the balance for but sure. But that's been a bit a real challenge and a lot of part of the hobby is learning about the physiology. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've really jumped into it and embraced it and, and uh, you know, a credit to, to some of your success. What's the last race that you were able to race at and how'd that go for you? Well, that went real well. Uh, that was uh, the national championship. Um, uh, it was at uh, Winter Park, Colorado. And um, that was in the cross country discipline. And uh, I won my age group. And um, so national champ and I have a yes. my fourth national championship jersey so that's that's cool that's that cool. is yeah. cool Stan that's so, really cool so how far was it how what well was people it? always ask how far mountain biking it's not so much how far it's the time okay? oh. yeah. and so um uh, typical races are in the oh hour 15 to hour and a half or whatever and I actually um uh uh, it was a rather short race for me. It was, I did an hour and seven minutes, something like that. Nope. And, and so um, when you say it's time, is it go as far as you can within that time? No, it's, it's, okay. it's a lap race. It was okay. a two lap race. And to be honest with you, I'm thinking maybe the course was in the seven mile per lap. So maybe 14, 15 miles, something oh. like that. And, um, but with mountain biking, um, you really can't look at the distance because if it was just a flat course on a gravel road, you could go for a long time, sure, a short sure. period of time. But most of, well, all of the races are on, you know, steep climbing, yeah. obstacles, roots, rocks. That's that's the sport right there. They're in the it's mountains, not, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, just riding on a, on a paved road. Sure, sure. So we've got about a minute left. If you were to give somebody advice who's thinking – wondering if mountain biking might be for them. What, what would you say to that person? I think the, I mean, if you're really interested in, in doing more than say right around the block, um, I would recommend going to a local independent bike shop as opposed to being going online or, right. you know, some kind of, you know, uh, Amazon or Kmart or whatever. Sure, and sure. Because you're going to have people there that are, are knowledgeable and interested and passionate and just like I got started with people that helped me, that you're going to get directed. Hey, yeah, there's a group of guys. They ride. They'll help you. Um, here's the type of bike you need. And um, we can help maintain, help you learn how to maintain the bike and so on. Yeah, I, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And like I said, a, a lot of us see the maybe you know, watch the Olympics that just we've uh, just been watching, yeah. um, see a friend or whatever and, and jump into it. I like your approach. I mean, get some knowledge, get a foundation. Obviously, you can grow from there. But uh, talk to the experts, get some uh, get some great information in your back pocket before you just jump into it and then see where it can take you. I like yeah, it. And I think in our age group, too, people are real friendly and they want to help anybody interested yeah. in getting started and the more you can connect with a group like that, the better off you're going to be. 
Yeah. I love it. Stan, national champion, yes. Stan Ford. Yes. What a great visit. That's all the time that we've got to, to spend with you. But thank you for spending some time thank with us. You. And best of luck in all your upcoming events. Well, thank you very much. All right. Good stuff, Lil. Yeah. That makes me want to get a mountain bike. Does it make Not you me. want to get no? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a kind fair of enough. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. So just a couple of things to wrap us up here. Okay. Registration is open for the Huntsman World yep. Senior Games, but it closes on September 1st, which is just around the corner. Yes, it is. So don't dawdle. Don't miss out. Uh, we blasted through 10,000 registered athletes just a few days ago. You can check out all of our schedules, rules, dates, as well as our updated COVID-19 plan at SeniorGames.net. It's also worth mentioning as well that you can register now to volunteer for the games. And we need a bunch of volunteers. It takes about 3000 volunteers to pull this party off. We have opportunities in sports. We have lots of opportunities outside of sports, a bunch of areas where we can, uh, you know, frankly, we just need the help. And uh, it's a great experience. Tons of fun. You can register by day or by interest. So whatever works the best for you, very easy to do. And again, you can register there at seniorgames.net. And this year for everybody who registered, you're entered into a drawing for a brand new e-bike from Charge Bikes, which is very exciting. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And you can also uh, subscribe to this show on a podcast, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available. We uh, also put these shows right on our website as well, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. It comes from the inestimable, whatever that word is. I was just going to (laughs) say. The inestimable Dolly Parton. Oh, She's great. This is what she says. The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with With the the rain. rain. (laughs) Until next Thursday, stay active.